Hi, everybody. Welcome to Mob Mentality. We have Miss Brittany with us today, and she is a holistic and nurse coach. And she has a pretty incredible story that has me super curious to find out more about. Ladies, happy to be here. Yes. Excited to share with you. Would you tell us a little bit about your personal, just your personal background professionally, what led you even into holistic nurse coaching? Yeah, you know, when I look back, I think I was de I was definitely destined for this track in life. Growing up, uh, I lost my dad when I was young, super hard on my mom. I'll keep the story pretty short. But just, you know, lots of struggle, seeing my mom mentally ill, and then teenagers were crazy. Even into my early 20s were pretty nuts. And going into college, I really wanted to be a therapist or a psychologist, a psychologist. And my mom's like, go to nursing school. You'll be able to take care of people. You'll always have a job. So that led me into nursing school, which led me to become a travel nurse. And now I'm here in Florida. I went from Illinois to Florida. And when I came to Florida, it really like opened up. I think just getting out of where I grew up. I grew up in a really small town and I feel like I had put a lot of limitations on myself. So getting out of my environment was something that was really supportive for me. And then I had a lot of changes that were amazing for been lending where I'm at now. So now I do the holistic nurse coaching. I do um, a lot of different modalities with that in that, but like lifestyle medicine, mindfulness, movement, EFT tapping. And I absolutely love it. And I love the work that I do. It's so meaningful and my clients inspire me so much. I can tell you're super passionate about what you do. It's like, yeah, I love it. I'm married. I'm married. I have a little dog and yeah, um, I love to travel. <laughs> so you got to keep some of that travel in there. You have somebody that supports you in that. Yeah. We love to travel. We host retreats actually. We host adventure wellness retreats. So we do that like one or two times a year. We go international and then we also like to take trips, you know, as well for fun Ooh. when we can. I'm so excited. I want to already hear more about that. So what do these retreats look like? So I would say it's a perfect environment, right? When we have the environment, our innate ability is to heal and to thrive. So it's like laid out for you. I always say like your body's covered because you get healthy meals, daily yoga, breath work, mindfulness, outdoor time. We do them a lot in Costa Rica. Okay. So there you're like in the jungle, in the mountains, by the ocean. The culture of Costa Rica is so rich and so they have a saying, Pura Vida, which is pure life. So people just really know what really matters in life. Every time I go there, it's such a good reset. And then we weave in a lot of like inner child healing and transformational work, but also lots of fun because it's adventure wellness. So people might zip line, they may uh, go to a sweat lodge, or they might not ever leave the grounds. You can do that too. So there's a variety. So it really caters to what you're going on retreat for. Oh my gosh, like sign me up. I'm already ready. Yeah. You said all the we things you speak in all my languages. We have lots of moms come and it's, you know, that's a huge commitment to take that time, like almost a week for yourself, but it's really beautiful because it's almost always mostly women. Some, some husbands get pulled along, <laughs> but it's really beautiful to see how the, um, the moms support each other, right? Because some moms are like, I feel so bad that I left them. And then moms who let's say have older children are like, no, this is so good for you. And then by the end of the trip, just how transformative and how powerful it is. Give you an example. Um, a mom of two young boys came on our most recent trip in Colombia, South America. She said, he just got for school and I taught him how to do the EFT tapping. And he came home from school and said, mom, I won't ever have to worry about anxiety at school anymore. Cause now I'm doing my tapping. 
So I was like, this is so powerful that like yes. the kids are involved. Like I've heard you on your podcast too. So many of the moms sharing like how much benefit their children get from their lifestyle being like healthy. Yes. I love that story because that's what it's all about. And it's like parents, moms, even being able to realize it's like you can change how your kids adapt, how they cope. And just even their whole perception of their reality through the skills that you teach them. And it's like, if we're not willing to go learn those skills ourselves, how are we supposed to pass any of that knowledge and, and that skill set down? Yeah. Yeah. It's so beautiful to see how, what a ripple effect it has and benefits the whole family. How, so you do your trips, you do these retreats a couple times a year. Um, and we'll get to this even at the end, but it's like people from anywhere and everywhere are allowed to sign up. How does that yeah, have people come from Germany, like all over? Yep. Yeah. People come from everywhere for the retreats. And then with the coaching programs, I do um, either in person if they're local or I do them virtually. So then, you know, I have the ability to work with people all over the place. Yes, that's fantastic. Would you mind telling people even more about, because you, know, so you use this word tapping, so a lot of people may not be familiar with that, and I'm actually a really big fan. So will you talk a little bit more about that so people know what you're talking yes, about? Yes, I absolutely love tapping, and it's one of those skills that you can learn it, practice it, and reap the benefits right away. So it combines ancient Chinese medicine, acupressure points, if you're familiar with acupuncture, and we have different meridians all throughout our body. So we actually use our fingertips to tap on those areas. And when we do, it lowers cortisol, so it lowers a stress hormone, and it releases feel-good hormones. It also sinks the mind, the body, and the emotions. So we start to get into the somatics of it. And then we use positive, we use modern day psychology. And so we actually address whatever we're worried about or whatever the thing is that we're wanting to create. So I'll give you an example because I know not everyone's going to be able to see what we're doing. Let's say you just had a really stressful event and you're angry or you're like about to blow a gasket, but you're just trying to brush it away. You could do tapping and like honestly just be real with whatever you're experiencing. Like even though I'm so upset right now, I am open to shifting my energy, even though I'm like having such a hard time with this, I'm open to peace. Even though this is super hard, I love and accept myself no matter what. And some people will say, well, I don't want to bring any more awareness to it. But here's the thing. If we don't address it, process it, transmute it, let it go, whatever, you know, it's going to show up. <laughs> it's going to yes. come out later. So it's a great way to like address whatever you're thinking unedited, be raw, but also you're lowering your stress response to it as you tap on it. So you can acknowledge how you feel in your body, how you feel in your thoughts, how you feel um, emotionally, whatever's present. And then you'll notice you start to feel better. People start to feel like better. And then you, that's when you start to bring in that positive psychology. Like, you know what? People make mistakes. I don't have to keep, you know, being so upset about this. My peace of mind is my priority. Like I'm willing to like, at least put this aside for now, whatever it is, right. Certain things, obviously bigger events. This is, you know, you know, you want to be trauma sensitive to yourself uh, depending on the situation, but it's a powerful tool. I really encourage anybody who, um, this is new for them hearing it to check it out. EFT tapping or emotional freedom technique, or you can even look up the word tapping. Yes. I love that. So I don't think a lot of people have this awareness of it and it can be very impactful to just like say combine our mind and our body. What is 
could you give somebody a place that they could tap that if like if they're feeling extremely anxious even right yeah. now? Yeah, let me give you two because there's there's all these different points and there's a sequence. Typically, I'll take clients to one on one, but to keep it simple, you can tap on the side of your nail bed. So this is good. Like say you're waiting in a in line somewhere in Carlin or you're in the doctor's office and your kid's screaming and you're like, your appointments are behind. You can just tap like nobody's going to know that. Or you can do this tapping of the nail bed on the side of the nail bed underneath like a table, right? Yes. Or you can tap on your sternum. Just so you can tap with both hands or one hand, just light tap fingertips on your sternum. And that, I like that one too, because then it also like remembers you, reminds you to breathe, connect with your heart. Like it can be really grounding too. It can give you a distraction from whatever is uh, overwhelming you in the moment. I think you just hit on so many areas that everybody listening is probably like, yes, that's my life. Like they're like, me, me, me. Everybody's screaming, things are running late, traffic's backed up. So I do it in the car all the time because I don't care what people think about me. I'm like tapping on my head, tapping on the side of my eye. I'm like, but it's so good. You can use tapping for so many things. Like if I have a public speaking engagement, I'll picture myself in that experience, get myself in that state of like microphone, shaky, heart rates up, I'm sweating, and I'll tap through it. I had a client not be able to do an MRI, and then we did tapping, and she was able to go through her MRI because we we practice tapping like, okay, you're back in that MRI machine. You want to get out. Like, what are the things you're experiencing? Got her in that state, and she was able to tap through it. And then the next Friday, she went in the machine. Uh, and, that's and went out. So it's so powerful. You can even come. Have you done it with inner child healing? No, I have not. It's really cool if uh, you combine it with inner child healing. This is something I would say, like, do this with a practitioner, with somebody mm -hmm. who you know can support you, unless you've done a lot of inner child healing. But you can go to that, like an inner child meditation almost and go to that part of you at that age and even tap on yourself, let's say when you were eight years old. So it's almost like you're reaping that benefit of lowering your response when you were eight years old. Does that make yeah. sense? It makes total sense. Yeah, yeah, it's yeah. so cool. I love it. I hope this is really intriguing for anybody that's listening. That's like, this sounds really interesting because there's there are so many other ways to deal with past trauma, mental health, and even just like this burnout and stress that you even coming from the nursing field, I'm sure just you saw so much. And I come from a healthcare field as well. And I think it's just being brought to light so much more even after COVID that, I mean, people are exhausted, just not only professionally, but in their personal lives. And there's so many things that we can do outside of just going and taking a pill and hoping that it solves it because there's no magic pills out there. I want to speak to this because I feel it's so important about taking a pill. I had a client just this week and I really think that like, you know, people come into our lives for a reason. And she mm -hmm. was, she's absolutely lovely. And she got off her benzos. She was on them for 10 years. She's a young girl, 36 years old. She was on benzos for 10 years. A long having, time. Yeah. On Xanax and started having side effects from the benzos looking back. And so then they put her on Seroquel they put her on other things to like, help manage symptoms she was having. Well, she did the taper that the doctor prescribed, which was a 25% taper, which actually um, the literature supports with benzos. You really, first of all, you're really only supposed to be on them two to four weeks, never, you know, never longer than that, not consistently, but um, really should do like a five to 10% taper. 
And mm-hmm. so she did the 25% and she has three years later, she's still dealing with so many neurological conditions. So it's like a benzo induced like neurological conditions. Um, so just something for people to be aware of. Cause I do think that we, you know, the pill, yeah, it does give you that immediate relief. And if you've had like a grievance or something like you can use them for two to four weeks, but that long-term use there can be some really serious side effects. So then when you go also for people who are like, I've been trying to get off of them to really do so with caution. Um, and I can share with you, Sasha, afterwards, some of the resources for that. Cause I think that's something that, cause so many people are on, on, on a benzo. It's really prescribed frequently it's, like, or a sleeping pill. Right. And so yes. to know how to safely taper it so you don't end up in that situation. And I think even that important fact that you hit on is like from such a young age, it's like 10 years of even her life. I mean, starting in her twenties now it's like going in later thirties. Like that is a long time for someone so young to be on so, some yeah, type of medication. She's on, dis- she's on disability now. She's on disability now. Um, it's radically changed her life. She's really, you know, she's really optimistic that it'll improve. But some, some people, it takes 10 years to get back to baseline. She said, to, oh, I found the thing. So Ashton Manual, if somebody is wanting to um, get off their benzos or somebody in their family, there is um, also As Prescribed is a film that really okay. gives a lot of insight into this. I'll put those in the well description done. as well. And I come from a, so I worked specially in addictions and opioid addiction for 10 plus years. And you know, would see so many different overlapping addictions along even with the opiates. And it it is hard. I'm like, it's hard for people to get off prescription medications, but also for them to realize that it's like, okay, those are just masking a lot of times these things that are really going on that you said we need to be able to tap into those and work through these bigger issues and have a skill set. Yeah, I mean, it's really in a lot of ways, sometimes, you know, especially if we were, we're out of our baseline, right? And we have something, whether it's like, all of a sudden, I have extreme anxiety, and I'm having panic attacks, or all of a sudden, I'm having GI issues and out of nowhere, right? It's a gift that our body is signaling to us something's off. And like you said, we mask it. And then what was really the underlying reason if we don't mm-hmm. ever go down and find like what was the root cause? Yeah. And medications play, like I said, a certain, like they there's definitely a time do. There totally is. Yes. And you said something I feel like is so important that you're like, okay, for a short term and there's nothing wrong with being able to use them when we need them for a specific like crisis situation or scenario coming up. But it's just like, if we give our body, you know, cheeseburgers and fries every single day for the next, you know, 10 years, like at some point that's going to take a toll on your body and it's, it's not healthy. Right. Yeah. There's no denying that either. And I think, you know, when these medications came out, there was no way to tell what the long-term effects were initially. Right. It's like, we knew that there were some positive effects. They knew there was also some negative effects. And then fast forward all these years. And for so many people, some of these medications like opioids and benzos have unfortunately destroyed their life, at least temporarily. Yeah. Definitely. What, if you don't mind, if we kind of like take a turn and go back to even things about you and what got you even 
interested in paying more attention to like some mindfulness and health and leading you into this like special place that you're at today. So it's something really significant happened in your life. It and really did. Well, yeah. the disclaimer that <laughs> put your headphones in if you're listening to this with kids or, you know, this could get a little PG. What yeah, go ahead. Maybe are. Yeah, go ahead and put your headphones in just, you know, depending on the age of your kids and what you share with them. So I was, this was about 10 years ago and I had a friend who was like radically changed. He was already awesome. He's like an aerospace engineer, just kick, kick butt kind of guy, like totally go getter. But he was going through a divorce and he started doing this transformational work to change his life. And he would call me in the morning. I'd be getting off shift. I worked in ICU and he'd be like, Britt, what do you want for your life? So I was starting to get in this, like, you know what, going to the club every night or three or four nights a week is probably going to get old really fast. I was like 26, 27. And I just kept seeing like a lot of bad mistakes. I was repeating over and over and over again. Um, And at the time I was dating this guy for a few months and he was so much fun. um, But I knew something was off. I even remember telling my friend like something's off with this guy. Everybody loved him. Like I'm telling you, he was super fun, super attractive. She's like, I think it's probably just your insecurities from your past. And I was like, something's up here. I can't put my finger on it. Yeah. So one day I went to go pick him up from the airport. He went down to South America. He was in the military um, and he never showed up. He never showed up. And I never heard from him again. So I'm like freaking out. Did he like get killed down there and his military thing? I can't get a hold of his sergeant or whoever, you know, was over him. Yeah. And a few days, like I filed a missing persons report. I was like upset, scared, but also pretty enraged at myself because I had a feeling something else was off. And then I found out that he actually was a drug mule. Oh, wow. And that he got like sick on the plane and was taken to ICU. And then kicked out of the military and like, but here's the kicker. My friend that I told you about that's an aerospace engineer and myself were supposed to go with him. Oh, like we would have wow. never done that, but we could have been like with him. You know what I mean? Like, yes. who knows what would have happened? So for me, it was a moment of, yeah, okay, this is a huge wake up call. And I'm either going to keep doing this kind of stuff or I'm going to like do something else. So The next weekend was this transformation training and I had the option to go to this big fun festival we had down here on the water, like all boats, all my friends were going. And I'm like, if I want to change my life, I have to do something different. And I went and it was the best thing I ever did. Like my life just totally went totally up from there. And I just feel like it was such a game changer. Like, and that's really what led me to start my business and do the really take the action to do what I do now. Yes. What was that? That's such a crazy story. I said you could have been just crazy guilty by association just by being there. I mean, and how often does that happen? No. Thank God. Like I was telling you before we came on live, I'm like, part of me almost is like, was he even real? It was like almost like just a, a miracle in disguise because of how radical my life changed, but it wouldn't have if I would have made kept making the same choices. You know? Yeah. And we've all been there. I yeah. think it's safe to say it's like, we've all made some really, some choices that we're not proud of. And we can either stay stuck in those things, which I think too many of us do. We stay stuck in this past or we make that our identity. And like, we've all screwed up and we've all made poor choices, but it's like, what can we learn from it? How can we grow? And are you willing to still stay stuck in that, that frame of mind and that belief system? Or are you willing to 
move forward. And really, this was the time when, like, I don't even know if podcasts were popular 10 years ago. I don't feel like they were, like, not anything like they are now. So I didn't really have all the resources that we have available. So as soon as I found out all of these tools that I could use to change my life, I'm like, everybody in the world who cares needs to know about this. What <laughs> is it? We have that power. We have that we power do. to change. There, there are so many people that it's like, so I can just tell like this genuineness about you. And I'm sure anybody even just listening can feel it of people that just want to help people that genuinely want you to be able to change and better your life. And like, it's okay to seek out help. And it actually makes you really strong and really smart to be able to say, Hey, I, I need somebody to push me. I need some support. I need some accountability. I need to learn something new. And Stop waiting. I'm like, yeah, I, just have, I feel like mentors are so important. Mentors, coaches, like having that support, having that accountability. Because it's yes. honestly, there's 8 billion people or however many people in the world for a reason. We're not meant to figure this all out and do this all alone. There's people smarter than us in every, in every realm. So it's like, what can yes. we take and gather from their experiences and their information? What is the one of the biggest takeaways that you said you like you had this life changing seminar that you went to? What really stood out to you that was like, okay, just so it was really experiential. So it wasn't even just like sitting there listening to somebody. We did things that were like experiential, like the tapping is experiential. It's one thing if I was to tell you like breathing breath work is so good for you. But so another thing, if I sit here and tell you, go ahead and take a big inhale through your nose and let your belly rise and exhale out through your mouth. And you feel that and you're like, oh, I feel a little calmer. So the whole training was this experiential um, training. And we did a lot around letting go of our past. So it was really beautiful to hear like shame, shame loves silence, shame loves secrecy and shame loves judgment, right? Which is where I was definitely stuck in. And so to hear all of these people from all walks of life to share, that's why I shared my story today, um, because it's great to talk about our hardships, to realize like, oh, we don't have to let that define us. So I feel like that process and doing it from a place of not just in my head, but also in my body um, mm -hmm. was really one of the biggest takeaways. And the power of choice, like it sounds so simple now, but the power that we have choice, because we can get really stuck in that we're this way because this happened in my life or um, this happened. So I got to be this way or I'm defined by this, but so much of that's not true. What is a reoccurring theme that you seem to hear or see with a lot of women that you work with? A lot of the women that I work with are either, they don't really know themselves anymore when we start working together or they just like have a lot of judgment and a lot of resentment towards themselves, right? They have a poor relationship with themselves. They're super critical of themselves or they're just always taking care of everybody else. Um, so that's like the most common thing, but they also have that. They listen to that inner voice. That's probably like, Hey, I'm here, <laughs> you know, come, come, come connect with me. Like yeah. I, I want you to be well. And so that's probably like one of the most common things that I see. Where do you start with them? Like if, if you're speaking to a woman, like even right now that just feels completely just disconnected from herself, lost, where do you start? What are just even three like very actionable things that you would tell her to start doing? 
I would tell her like first, like when I'm with a client, I ask questions and listen. Sometimes just being witnessed and sharing some of yourself with people is so therapeutic because so many of us don't really share, right? We were like, oh, I'm worried about, you know, that person has too much going on. They don't have time for my stuff or whatever. So to just listen is super therapeutic. But if you were on your own and you're like, okay, I I know I want to do something for myself, the breath, like I have my clients week one focus on their breath. And if you notice so much of the time we're doing that shallow upper breathing, which is like the sympathetic, that fight or flight um, breathing. Whereas if we can take the relax the shoulders, if we can take a big inhale and really let the belly rise and let the exhale be longer than the inhale. So that out breath is longer than the in breath. We stimulate the vagus nerve, which it runs all the way down to the belly and it has that calming effect. And so not, not only does it have a great effect on our physiology, it has a hormone effect that's positive as well, connecting with the breath in that way, but it also allows us to drop more into the moment, to like get out of our heads, to get out of the chaos. And it also can start to connect us more with ourselves. Just think about how many times we breathe and we don't even aware of it. It's like, oh, this is a way to like start dropping back into me. Oh, it's a very intimate thing. We do it all the time, but we may not connect with doing it. So breath is one, as you know, Sasha, because I know you teach this, is moving your body in any way. Like anyway, if you're not moving at all, it's like go to the end of the driveway, start walking. I always say walking is good, but a body in motion stays in motion and not just for the physical benefits, but for the mental, emotional, spiritual uh, benefits to move your body and just starting where you're at and knowing that you got to lay the foundation first. This is like the video game, right? Like we didn't get it to the end of conquer Mario brothers without, um, <laughs> yes. level. And so same thing goes with us in our, in our whole journey. And then, um, I would say start practicing self-compassion, start practicing like how you're being towards yourself because so many of us have a tendency to lean towards that negativity towards ourselves. So to practice, um, being kinder to ourselves and also just remembering that suffering is part of the human experience. Cause when we're suffering, when we're having a hard time, I think we tend to think this is unique to me. Yes. We're like, yes. I'm the only one going through this or I'm the only one who's bad at this. That's what I hear a lot from the moms on workshops and retreats is like, Oh my gosh, you know, I feel like a bad mom. Like that's such a common thing. But then when you think about every mom feels like a bad mom at some point, then you're like, oh, it's okay. Like this is just something we feel sometimes. And then sometimes you feel like the most amazing mom or amazing woman too. But remembering not to get lost in the suffering is also part of self-compassion. Like acknowledging it and being gentle with it. Or if you need to be fierce, right? Sometimes we need to be fierce and that's a form of self-compassion. We need to say no. We need to have boundaries. We need to stand up for ourselves. Yes. How can we begin to practice more of that self-compassion? I think a good example is to... um, Start to just notice your inner dialogue. So notice how you're talking to yourself, how you're feeling, right? Like, am I feeling angst? Am I feeling anxious? Am I feeling exhausted? Like start to notice how you're feeling in your body, bringing that curiosity piece in. And then noticing like, what am I telling myself? What am I thinking? And then ask yourself, would I talk like that to my best friend? Or like your cute little niece who's like so precious and fun and you love her. Or you know what I mean? Somebody that's like, so precious. And if you catch yourself like, no, I would totally not be like that to them. Yes. And it's a good opportunity to start to soften. Right. And if it's a, if you're somebody who's hard on yourself, 
it's going to feel different at first. You're going to be like, this feels weird <laughs> to be nice, but it's a practice. That's why it's called a self-compassion practice. So just starting to soften a little bit. And I love the question of what do I really need right now? Like, what do I really need right now? Because so much of the time as women, we're in service to others and we forget about ourselves. All the time. Yeah. So like, it happens constantly. I think that's so just ingrained in us and so many women is like we have to constantly just give to everybody else and we have to pay attention to everybody else's feelings and we take so much of that on. I feel like I just work with so many women that it's like they feel everything from yeah. everybody. And I'm like, well, how do you feel? Like, well, I don't know. And I'm like, you're right. not allowed to say I don't know. Like, yeah, give it something. Like, it does, there's no right or wrong answer. And it's like we were so afraid of having the wrong answer or being too fierce or too vulnerable. And it's like, You've said multiple times during this conversation, it's just like, be present, be where you are right now. And that's such good advice. It's a practice. It definitely is. But yeah, it's like giving yourself permission to have the emotions and like getting angry sometimes is necessary. Think about if somebody like, think of that mother bear energy, right? Like when somebody does something to your kid and you're like, oh, oh no, that is not right. Right. You stand up. And so what if we were able to stand up for ourselves in that way and not feel bad about it? And probably in the beginning, if you're somebody who doesn't stand up for yourself, you're going to, it's going to be scary. So it's like gently move into that. That's a compassionate thing too, to, to move at a slower rate. If you don't feel safe or it feels like too overwhelming, it's actually not compassionate. If you just forge yourself in there to try to like make those changes, it's actually compassionate to be uh, aware of, how you're adjusting to these lifestyle changes. Brittany just gave you permission to take baby steps. They're so important. Yeah. <laughs> well, it's like there has to be, we always think that like I need to do it all or do nothing. It's like, it's one way or the other. Everything is so black or white. And it's like, you can meet yourself in the middle. And it's like, what can you do in this moment today to be better than you were even this morning? And so be like, Oh, the day's a wash. Like, that's it. Yeah. I'll have to start over again on, on Monday and it's only Friday. Yeah. You're like, no, you don't. I know. I know. And you know what? Like we heal at the rate that we feel safe. Okay. So like, if you feel like super overwhelmed and crazy and like all of that, it's going to be hard. You know, if there's so much going on, it's going to be harder, not impossible. So even more reason to like meet yourself where you're at and to take those baby steps. And like you said, if it's like Friday, like, in you, whatever you feel like you messed up, no, you didn't. Yeah, like, there's always an opportunity to like take care of yourself. I like way. another word that you used whenever you were talking about just starting to be more like aware, self-aware. She said, "Allow yourself to be curious." That doesn't sound so scary, and it, I feel like it takes this expectation off. It's like there's a certain way that it has to be done or there's just a certain answer we're looking for. It's like, just be curious. Is there any certain like exercises that you could give somebody to do? Curiosity is a huge piece of mindfulness. So I would say definitely like explore mindfulness and we could tap more into that. But being curious could be as simple as like, 
Ooh, what is that that I feel? Asking ourselves powerful questions. What could that be about? What do I need most right now? Also, what's possible? Because when we tend to like have, you know, a lot overwhelming us, we kind of get into there's only one or two options or maybe there's no options, but what's possible? And also this question of like, is it true? I love this is Byron Katie's work. Is it true? Is it absolutely true? Are you familiar with yes, that? Yes, I yeah. love that. Yeah, so it's like really to be an inquiry about our minds. I know you teach so much powerful mindset to like really question our minds. And then I like to go like a step farther. Like, is it true? Is it kind? And is it necessary? It's like how much of the stuff we're thinking about is not actually necessary. Mm -hmm. And it's not even true so much of the time, right? Our mind will take us to all kinds of scenarios that never happen, won't ever happen. So being curious in that way. Uh, and I also love this statement, uh, and it's such a good reminder, is today is the first and the last. So like this is the first Friday of October, October of August of 2023 that you and I are here in this moment. And it's also the last. But if we can start to embrace life more of that light and remember like, oh, this is the first experience and this is the last experience. It brings a whole new newness and curiosity to our life. Because we can get used to the routine as well, but it's really a, not the same as it was yesterday or no. that will be tomorrow. And that's, even when you said that, it's like that hit me at a good spot of just being able to, like, we feel so chaotic all the time. It's like, you even asked me as soon as we, how's your day? And I'm like, it's been a wild day. It's been very busy. And it's like, we're going to have other busy days, but being able to say, it's like, this is also like my last day that I will ever get to be like in this moment doing this exact thing and to really appreciate it. I feel like it's so humbling to remember that. And it's like the same with when it's like a glorious day or a glorious moment. And also the same when it's like a really hard time. It's like, but this too is going to pass. And it's the first and it's the last, like being curious, like, what can I learn here? Like, what is this, you know, what is this about? Yes. What's your own mindfulness practice look like? I do a lot of breath work. So I do a lot of this, um, can I share a double inhale? So it's a double inhale through the nose. So big inhale through the nose. And then you add an extra one at the top and then a sigh out through the mouth. And we'll notice we sigh throughout the day if we're stressed. We're like, so it's a really great practice for regulating the nervous system. So I do that a lot or I'll do box breathing or I'll do a breath work called Wim Hof. And then tuning into my senses, asking my, like, checking in, like, what am I feeling physically? What am I feeling emotionally? What am I feeling mentally? Or, like, what's the quality of my physical body right now? What's the quality of my mind? What's the quality of my emotions? And the thing with mindfulness is that it's not judgmental, right? So it's whatever is present is practicing not judging the crap out of it, which we're judgmental or be human beings. That's part of the nature. That's never going away. <laughs> but yeah, we're practicing not judging it too much. And then I'll, I'll like do a lot with my senses. So like if I'm out walking, like noticing the birds, noticing the star, the sky, noticing the trees and noises, that kind of stuff is a big part of it. Maybe self-compassion. It's so much like getting in tune with yourself, but then also escaping yourself. Yeah. Yeah. And that's another thing too with mindfulness is like, it's like observing and noticing what's happening, but also like practicing not totally checking out too. So it's, it's an art and that's why it's a practice. It's a lifelong practice. <laughs> it's a lifestyle. Everything is a practice. And everything and is. I love 
you saying that. And it's just like people, because one thing that really like stood out to me this week is so many conversations with women of like, when do I get there? Like, you know, it's like, oh, they, there's this magical aha moment that was like, we just, we arrived. And I'm like, you're never going to arrive. Girl, I catch myself all the time with that. Mm Mm-hmm. Yes, I'm like, I'm there is no there. You get there. Like, I'm there right now where I wanted to be a few years ago. And then it's like, okay, what's next? Exactly. So that's where mindfulness comes in because it's really practicing being grateful and appreciating where you are while also knowing that, of course, you're an expansive being and there's always more for you, but not feeling that anxiety about I need to be somewhere else that I'm not. It's like you're able to be okay with where you are. Yes. It's like, we're and okay. that fluctuates. It fluctuates day to day, moment to moment. And just that awareness of it, period, though, it's like this is a practice and it's like living a healthier lifestyle and you know, whatever your focus may be, even in the moment, it's like there's always going to be something that's next. There's always going to be another way to improve with your nutrition and your fitness and professionally and personally. Like there's, there's always so many things. There's always, I know. And it's like not to get too caught up in that and appreciate where you're at now. I do a lot of like with my clients, a lot of celebrating. Like, what do you, what can you celebrate today? So everybody who's listening, like, what can you celebrate right now? What can you acknowledge yourself for? And in the beginning, uh, you're probably sure you see this too. It's like so hard for so many people that like, what do you mean acknowledge myself for? Like, what can you give yourself credit for? Because there's always something. You just have to look for it sometimes but there's always something to acknowledge and always something to celebrate even on the hard times like okay i'm here i got out of bed it's like it's like your kid you know goes to the bathroom and the toilet and you're like yeah exactly party and it's like we go in the hopefully we're going to the bathroom and the toilet how many times a day it's like why can't we cheer for ourselves for that? Right? We so should we really so like i don't want to shit on us we do that enough to ourselves but we really get to like, it can be the, like the smallest thing because especially when we're creating healthy habits, we're more likely to do something that feels good. So if we can hype it up, it feels good. And we get that like little hit of uh, neurotransmitters. Like, I don't know exactly which one's released when we celebrate ourselves, but we're more likely to go back and do it again. For yes. Like, yes, I did it. I chose an apple over a Big Mac. <laughs> like, like, it yes, yes. Yeah, it does help. Oh my god! You gotta feel it. You gotta really, you gotta feel it at least some. Because if you're just like, yeah, 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 saying it but not feeling it, there's a difference there too. I am in total agreement <laughs> with you there. It's like being able to celebrate those wins. It's something that I try to pay attention to with and acknowledge in so many other people. And we, I mean, we forget to do it even ourselves. Like I am my own worst critic always, and like I'll have to be reminded or be like, okay, you know, a lot of things went really well today, and. It's a practice of constantly just being being aware, being able to acknowledge like where we're at. I'm feeling super anxious and overwhelmed or frustrated and irritable. And okay, but what's going really well? Like, what did I do right? Yeah. Instead of where you're falling short. Right. Because we do. We have that negativity bias. So we kind of tend to lean towards that most of us. And it's like retraining the mind to also connect with what's working, what's going well. Uh, Even like mentors that I follow, like especially mindfulness teachers, like when they share, they have been practicing mindfulness for 30, 40 years and been in I don't know how many silent retreats and did so many things and they still find themselves 
like in judgment or getting down on themselves or getting distracted or pulled in other directions. And it's just that like bringing it back, like you do your toddler when they're about to like fall off the sidewalk into the water, like you go after them, but you're like, maybe not in the water because then you jink, yank them back. Let's say they're just running off though, right? In a safe space, but you're like, come over here, baby. Like doing that with ourselves. Like, no, just come back. We got something else we're focusing on right now. Little pool. (laughs) So where can, what does your program look like? Like, I know you said you work with some people in person you do things even virtually. Like where can people get connected with you? What can they kind of expect as far as what that process would look like? Oh, thank you. Yeah. So you can connect with me at holisticnurses.com. That's my website. And then from there, you'll find all my social. So that's probably the easiest way. And I also have a box there that you can schedule and get uh, a call with me, a free call. So we could also talk about holistic wellness and what your next steps are. And then um, in my 12 week program, we do in the first session, it's like a getting to know you. So when getting to know you, it becomes more clear on like what's going on, right? You start to learn like, okay, this is really what the the best next track for me. And we take out personal focus points. And then in our upcoming sessions, we work on them, but it's almost like a, a vision board in a sense. Like you get a holistic wellness plan of, things for the 12 weeks and it's okay. almost like we kind of put it away and then we have each session it's unique to what you need it might it might be we do EFT tapping we do some inner child meditation we might just do coaching and processing or maybe we do personal training and talk about your nutrition it's really catered to the person and whatever's going on with them that week but it's beautiful at the end of the 12 weeks we pull that back out and it's like yep 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 like the goals that they had for our time together are created so it's awesome. And then the retreats. The next one's in September. It's it's September 24th in Costa Rica. Do you still have spots available for it? I have two spots left. Yeah. Oh, couples awesome. can come. You can come with your with your boo or you can come all, you, by yourself. You're going to be in good hands though. We have such fun group. Most of the people coming came last year. That's they're coming awesome. Back again. Some people have been with us at the same spot in Costa, Costa Rica three times. Like it's really good time. That sounds fantastic. I'm, if you, I'm going to post all these things in the description for people to be able to find out, you know, where they can connect with you. They can look into these retreats. If I don't snag the last spots, because it sounds pretty incredible. I'm like, <laughs> it's totally right cool. up my alley. And then we could actually be in person, which always. Oh my gosh. Excited. <laughs> well, yeah. Okay. Yeah. We'll have to talk after. <laughs> yeah. But I want everybody just to be able to know where to connect with you because I just believe that there's you have so much to be able to offer as far as being able to tap into other areas that may not have been addressed yet with someone. So all that will be in the show notes. And thank you so much for joining us today. It's been really incredible. Thank you so much, Sasha. Thank you, everybody. <laughs>